Well, hit like and subscribe to all of that. It is great to have you here on Wake Up. The chat is moving like a information superhighway. Larry, I see you start a few. What what do we got? Okay, let's uh, let's go to them. Let's see here. Um, flip over. All right, Jeff G has become a YouTube member. Thank you, Jeff G. Jeff G throws in a five spot. He thanks for great thanks for great content this year. Appreciate you. you Never Jeff. daunted radio network. There's a, there's a, there's a narrative that this was more about the lions throwing the game away and not the Niners taking advantage of it. The Purdy hate is exhausting. Here's the well, thing. That's Northeast hate. That's just the uses. Uh, the Niners didn't win that game. Dan Campbell and the lions lost that game. I was curious this morning to see if the national shows would rip Dan Campbell because he's such a favorite of theirs. And the lions are such a great positive story overall but how do you get around the fact that he gagged doesn't matter if you have one ass cheek and three toes i will beat your ass look he doesn't matter if it's smart or not i will screw up fourth down calls here's the thing it's not a narrative never daunted dan campbell helped the 49ers reach las vegas full stop stop. then we'll get a ring the lions gagged Away a deficit that is a near ungaggable deficit, especially when you're picking up nearly eight yards a rush. Um, it, it is a stunning collapse as much as it is as a rousing, inspiring comeback. So there's that teeter totter balances out. Now, to cry wolf about who's gagged away and who's earned what throughout the regular season, you hear it so often, it's easy to just ignore it. In this case, there is something to it. The Lions fucked that up officially. There's no doubt. There's no denying it. There's no denying there. there, There's every single lions fan, Eminem included is thinking about the one that got away from them. And it got away from them last night. They, the lions should be going to the super bowl. They blew. They were up 24 seven at the half. I'll give them credit too, man. Their fans showed up huge. That was easily the most road fans I've seen at Levi's all year. Yep. Well, I mean, think about it. You're a lifelong Lions fan. You got a little money. It's going to take a little money to get into Levi's Stadium. Travel you're, out to the West Coast. You're in full why not mode. Why not? Like, I, hey, do you want to go to a sporting event that your grandfather's never even seen with his own two eyes? And also, it's a good time to leave Detroit. I mean, it's like, why do the Wisconsin Badgers do so well, you know, in the Outback Bowl or the Insight.com Bowl? It's because it's it's kind of nice to leave, you know, Madison, Wisconsin, in uh, you know, middle of January. You know what I mean? I mean, it's, it was seventy degrees. It was seventy degrees at, at Levi's yesterday. I mean, come on, the people were walking around in shorts. Um, Brett Johnson says, "Have either of you done a wellness on Grant?" <laughs> I did see him in the post game. Ben Jammin says, wasn't Kurt Warner low mobility? Yes, he was. He was very low. Damon, you're muted, I think. I see your lips moving. Got me? Ah, now we got you. There we go. There we go. There we go. Um, What was that? Hold on. The last point was? uh, Kurt Warner, low mobility or wellness on Grant. But the no, 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 the, the Kurt Warner. Let's talk about football. Um, I think it was a different league. 
I mean, defensive ends weren't quite cut out like they were then. The dependency on quarterback mobility. Remember, Kurt Warner is sharing real time with Michael Vick. And like Michael Vick stuck out like a sore thumb because nobody else in the league moved quite like that or had that sort of wiggle on him. The the evolution of the position is, is happening still to this day. So, I mean, it was just a different NFL back then. It really was. I mean, it is nice though, when you have linebackers that run four five and more blitzes coming from safeties and corners every year that goes by, it's nice to have a quarterback that can sidestep some pressure and make a late in the down throw because he can get to that next platform and get rid of the ball. So, I mean, I, I can, the more I watch the NFL and the, as it's a speed game and there's great athletes in the game, you have to have some level of mobility to play the quarterback position. You don't have to be f- super fast, but you got to be able to move within the pocket. Otherwise right. it's game over. You got to have escapability at the very least, if not mobility. James Foster says Bosa pressure on golf on fourth and three was huge. Yeah, no question. No question there. And then uh, he says Gabe Kapler would condone Campbell's decisions. <laughs> <laughs> and justifiably so. We spelled Kapler's name wrong. And that's that's good because oh, nobody Kelper. cares. Gabe nobody, Kel- nobody cares about Kepler or Kapler. Um, yeah, no, what a game. Amazing game. And now, you know, we get two weeks to break down the Super Bowl and a whole week in Vegas to produce all kinds of great content on our channels. And um, it's going to be it's going to be an absolute epic uh, week in Vegas. And no days and off, Larry. Let's no go. days off. All kinds of all gas, no breaks, um, tons of streaming. What did, I, what did I say last week? All breaks, no gas. All breaks <laughs> out of gas on the side of the road. Oh, man, it's going to be an awful lot of fun. I did uh, KPIX this morning. Gianna's going because uh, they're, you know, they got um, they got a set, I believe, that's going to be built right by the Bellagio Fountain. They're the CBS affiliate. So they got some primetime positioning being the hometown market team of wow. you know, the Super Bowl rep. And by the way, Gianna loves your boy. So, Larry, maybe you and I will be doing some broadcasting from the edge of the Bellagio Fountain at some point. The Bellagio Fountain, it's, uh, it's one of the uh, iconic uh, um, you know, spots there in Vegas. We have to go to the Sphere. We got to oh, do that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, what else has got to have it? Uh, maybe, a little, all, we, we, maybe a little we JT the Brick. I think we should go. I think we should do a, a drunken show from the Circus Circus. <laughs> Just going to be ripped on it so much. Seriously, this is the carpet that we described at circus circus. There are 19 kinds of germs on this carpet. This (laughs) is the toothless idiot from Carson city playing slots at circus circus at 4 AM cigarette out the side of his mouth. (laughs) I mean, it would just be awesome. I thought I, uh, I thought I had a good opening line for my show last night, Larry, when I said a team didn't look like they were even going to be able to hitchhike to Reno is going to Vegas after all. Um, I know. So Barry forces do a show from the stratosphere dangling over the side. We can do that. Absolutely. Which, you know, <laughs> holding each other's ankles. <laughs> dangling uh, a guy like, uh, like Suge Knight dangled uh, vanilla ice off a balcony. Rock says maybe hit the stang. 
I don't know about that. No, I'm not we're, sure we're about married that. and we'd like to be married. Thank you very much. I don't know if I don't know if uh, things are going to go over all that well in the homestead if we're doing a show from the Stang. Look at it this way: I might tuck a buck, and God bless my wife. She might give me the buck to tuck. She'd be, she'd be like, "Of course you're in Vegas. Go to strip club. I'm not afraid. I'm not threatened." We're we're definitely not allowed at the Mustang Ranch. I do, Jillian's going to draw the line somewhere. <laughs> She's got standards. She does. She's like, look, you she's easy back. going, but come on, that ain't you know. She's like, go get a lap dance, not herpes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and by oh, the way, I, I do, dude. I, I don't think I can write off a lap dance. We're not going to a strip club, Larry. We got work to do. This is we got work to do. We got work to do. In fact, we're going to try to do a number of uh, videos from all kinds of iconic vegas spots here's what we're not gonna do we're not gonna bore you to death at the walking dead convention that is radio row uh, the, seriously the best we should do on radio row is walk in there with a bullhorn and just say uh, hold on wait 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 i actually got this i i can actually do this with effect i believe hold on hold on where is it who's the most generic guest uh, that you would have like representing like Zales. Yeah, blankety blanks here from Zales. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> everyone here on Radio Row, listen to me and listen to me now. <laughs> you are all going to be laid off soon. Every single person in here is a dead man walking. Come to YouTube. We have the future waiting for you. <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen, please welcome. Jan Stenaru, brought to you by Zales. <laughs> right. Jan, thank you for being here. No, look, Radio Row, <laughs> Radio Row is an awful. Who's the most generic Super Bowl guest that you can think of? Who's that dude who like claims like he's like I've been to every Super Bowl. That guy, George something, wears a Hawaiian shirt, gray ponytail guy, desperately walking around Radio Row. You guys want to book me? I've been to every Super Bowl. You want to book me? I'll be happy to do a segment with you. Yeah. And you're like, mm -hmm. no, no, thanks. No, thanks. Oh, man. Yeah, there's going to be a lot. of. I mean, it's it's C-list celebrity spotting in an it, it, in an art form. It really is. It'll, there'll be some very impressive celebrity. I mean, that's the thing. There is, this isn't a Super Bowl in Glendale. You know, this isn't a this isn't a Super Bowl uh, that you know. It's like uh, you know, well, Atlanta's a nice party town, but you know, it's it's. it's What's it's, the best Super Bowl venue? This might be it, dude. It's Vegas, baby. I mean, to me, if you ever put the, the this Super is the first Bowl, one ever in Vegas. First this, one ever in Vegas, so we'll see. But look, this the, might this might be the new New Orleans. I've always said the Super Bowl should have just been in three places. The Super Bowl should have rotated between New Orleans, Miami, and San Diego. Those were the right three places for a Super Bowl. The one thing with San Diego's a little, you know, it's a little spread out, probably. It's a little, I don't know. But nice and warm. Yeah, and it's nice. Pretty girls all around you and beaches, beaches and golf. Rises and sunsets. And it's just great. Yeah, yeah. San Diego. Why anybody would ever leave San Diego? I don't know. I had a guy in my chat the other night, video chat, and he was, I think I forget where he was. I think he was like in I think he was in, uh, where was he? He was somewhere, uh, was it Alaska? And he, he's like, yeah, we moved here from San Diego. I'm like, what? That's a, that's I, a shift. I go, how do things, wh where do things go terribly, terribly wrong? 
You're living in Fairbanks or something like that, and you were in San Diego. This guy says San Diego's a shithole. Oh, come on. Are you kidding me? San Diego's not a shithole. I mean, look, like San Diego's any, beautiful. There, there's 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 some places that maybe are not the best parts of it, but the best parts of San Diego are legit. I mean, it's it's a fun town. Oh, it's, it's a great. great town. It's I a great San Diego. I can't. I still. I still this day. I can't believe the Chargers aren't in San Diego. They had the market to themselves. How, who do you know who lives in San Diego? Is just man. I'm dying to get out of here. I don't look at it this way. Wish I could just get the hell out of here. Darren Smith, who's a buddy of mine, right? Yeah, I know Darren. Darren, you know Darren, and you know Marty, his producer, who's been with him forever. Um, she's awesome. He's awesome. And when the Chargers were leaving, you know, he was on the phone with me. He's like, dude, how am I supposed to do sports talk radio five days a week when all I got is the fucking Padres? And they, they were still the fucking Padres at this time. They weren't the going for it, trying hard Padres. He's like, how am I going to do this? I got no NBA team. I just lost an NFL team. I got a pissed off fan base who feels less than based on Dean Spanos's decision. He's like, I'm going to do like five days a week of San Diego Aztec football. He's like, oh, my God, I don't know if I could do this. I'm like, are you going to move? He's like, oh, no way. San Diego's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not moving. Yeah, I'm not moving. You kidding anywhere. me? John Lynch is the general manager of the Niners. He still lives in San Diego. Dude, I, Pacific Beach is just, you know, come on, man. You why? Why would you ever leave PB? Well, um, I look at Coronado. Is that? Is that oh, Coronado is beautiful. How about where the that little inlet where the bay meets the ocean right there? So you've got like a two block radius you know or i'm sure they were overwhelmed with water and probably flooded uh during this you know this last crazy waves that we've seen but san diego god la jolla yeah rock eastwood la jolla is heaven my daughter went on an interview for uc san diego and i took the to my two little boys a few years ago to that park that's right there on the water where the where you can walk out in that little crescent and the sea lions are all sitting there and you got all these kayakers and stuff. I mean, my God, I mean, that's the spot right there. Yeah, I mean, it would, it, to be anti San Diego, what are you like? Anti bikini tan lines. What do you mean? San Diego's oh, awesome. Not to mention yeah. all the great, all the great uh, Mexican food is amazing. Uh, it's, you know, the, the climate's amazing. You Gianna. can sit on the beach at 77 degrees on Christmas day. I mean, it's, it's a Gianna who is from, Southern Cal and San Diego, when she gave me the first time I ever went down there, she's like, you got to go get the lobster tacos. I can't even remember the name of the place, but uh, we did. Jillian and I, we went, we got the lobster tacos there and we we're like, holy mackerel, these are good. So yeah, there's a, the, the, the gas lamp is really cool. Petco's cool. The, the zoo is cool. The wild animal park is cool. <clears throat> if you have little kids, you know, Lego oh, land Lego zoo is amazing. It the really roller coaster is. at the beach. Heck, just the just the just the beach. The beach is amazing down there. I mean, they're they're you know, come on. I mean, it's not Hawaii, but it's pretty it's pretty freaking awesome. It's it's as close as you're gonna get to Hawaii without a six hour flight, basically, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, no, it's uh, we we we've got nothing bad to say about San Diego. Look, I got nothing bad to say about Detroit. I got nothing bad to say about Cleveland. Like, if you can't find fun in any town that you go to, that's on you. <laughs> Cleveland's a great place to spend a, a weekend, a long weekend. I've had fun in Detroit. I've crossed the bridge. I've gone over to Windsor. There's a lot of fun to be had in Windsor, Canada. Um, it, it Windsor, California is a nice spot, too, right by Santa Rosa. 
Oh, dude, isn't that where uh like like a Cash Creek Casino is or something like that? Winner! <laughs> I don't know. No, my college roommate lived in Windsor, went to Cardinal Newman, uh, lived up there in the North Bay. Another little jewel of the bay, Windsor, California. Nick J with the uh Didn't they have a weird mayor. <laughs> Windsor? Uh, I don't know. I think I mean, it's a small community. Could right. be anybody. Uh the the uh off the um the will ferrell line yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh great stuff, great stuff. Like, i don't think so <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh that was the origin of the name is unknown lost to the seas but <laughs> talk about a movie that the first one was awesome and the second one was just crap unbelievably bad. anchorman 2 was just the worst all of all time but anchorman 1 oh are you kidding me epic yeah 70 percent of the time it works every time sometimes you got to quit when you're ahead larry uh, excuse me um when i've got ahead. big books uh my i've got rich my office has rich mahogany uh yeah, many leather bound many leather bound books uh Oh geez, I excuse me. I, I want to be on you. Remember that? <laughs> I, I want to be on you. I want to be on you. Um. So it's Niners and Chiefs, baby. Uh bring it on, bring it on. What a great morning, Chiefs! What an absolute phenomenal morning. Chiefs are in the Super Bowl for the fourth time in their last six seasons. Baltimore held to just ten points. In a home AFC title game. By the way, I bet that. By the way, my bet yesterday, I I took Niners on the tees, so it was Niners over the Lions and a pick'em. So basically, I had Niners on the money line. Are they going to be then, crushing Lamar today? The way the way that he threw into triple coverage. Well, and, I mean, late in the game. I mean, if if Brock Purdy made that throw, Nick Wright would talk about it for six hours on a four hour long show. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, um. By the way, Nick, but, and then also Lamar. I mean, I mean, uh, you know, you're not going to beat Mahomes. I mean, come on, Lamar's not bad. Mahomes, Mahomes is the best. And the Chiefs were shut out in the second half, and they still won. Mahomes was thirty of thirty nine for two hundred forty one yards and a touchdown. I took the uh, under in that game. By the way, it came in for fun. Oh, what was the what was the number? Fifty one. Oh my God, thirty seven. You didn't even break a sweat. Yeah, it was an amazing deal. I took the teaser on the on the under, and then I took the Niners on the teaser as well, and I just parlayed it. And by the um, way, who had a worse day in the NFL than Zay Flowers? Zay, well, Flowers. he had five catches for one fifteen, but he also fumbled the ball into the end zone on a "you got to score here to go to the Super Bowl." He fumbled it into the end zone and it turned into a touchback for the Kansas City Chiefs. He also negated a huge gainer by making a 15 yard standing over a dude's stupid, stupid personal foul. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, a, a taunt. I mean, Legarius Sneed got in his head. You know, that's another reason I love Kansas City in that game. You had Sneed on Flowers. And then look at the rest of those receivers. Aguilar, one catch, 39 yards. Beckham, three catches, 22 yards. Mark Andrews was a non-factor. He had two catches. Rashad Bateman. People always talk about Rashad Bateman. He had one catch for two yards. He's an absolute zero. Their weapons were just totally ordinary. And I don't know why nobody could see that. Um, Edwards and Flowers had good yards per, or Edwards and 
Um, and Lamar had good rushing totals when you look at yards per carry. But, I mean, Justice Hill and Gus Edwards were your runners and your non-Flowers receivers since once uh, Andrews went out were pretty ordinary. So, I mean, Baltimore, and let's be honest, Baltimore's a bully team. They, in this game, had 16 runs and 37 passes in a game that was 17-7 at the half. They got away from the run game. If, yeah. if Baltimore can't just get a lead and run downhill, they can't win. They cannot. If you force Lamar to play quarterback from the pocket, they're totally beatable. He and was you know 20 what? of 37, and they, and they ran 16 times all day. They went Where back the Chiefs, to Mark Chiefs had 32 runs. They went back to Mark Andrews, who's a good player, but has been out with a broken leg all year. It's a you know studly action that he got back well enough to play in this game, but it made them go away from Likely, who I you know I thought was had a better second half than Andrews had first half. Like they should have kept feeding that guy the ball, and, um, and then yeah, Lamar fumbled through the back of the end zone. It was not. It was not a great day for John Harbaugh and company. It really wasn't. Um, Roquan though had sixteen tackles. How about that? Well, he's a monster. I mean, it's, it's all you need to know about the Chicago Bears. They looked at him and said, "Nah, nah, we don't need him. <laughs> don't need that guy." Um, uh, Tiger Tank 06 says, "I love Damon and Larry are already saying that the Chiefs are what inevitable in winning the Super Bowl, so we might as well pack it up now." I didn't say that. I didn't. No, say and that. I didn't say that either. I'm just saying that they're good. It's the Kansas City fucking Chiefs. It's their era right now. You know, I mean, it's that they are um, uh, that six consecutive AFC title games, you know, that they are in the Super Bowl again for the fourth time in the last six years. Patrick Mahomes in a short amount of time has become maybe the greatest to ever do it. Andy Reid with two weeks to prepare for a game more often than not, like at a 90% clip wins those games. If you're not fearful of the Kansas City Chiefs, you're certainly too dumb to lead the expedition to Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, good God. You're basically saying you're like, oh, you know, we're just out here walking in the jungle. Never mind the uh the the tigers and the snakes and the spiders. We're just gonna go for a brisk walk. Take your shoes off. No, no, no. And and by the way, it would be great if three weeks into this postseason, you would finally calculate, hey, Damon and Larry sort of know exactly what they're fucking talking about. And almost everything they've said about the opponents, the 49ers have been faced, they've been spot on. Who's done more to handicap these games correct, more correct than Larry and I? We told you the Packers are going to be a handful. The Lions are going to be a handful. No, and we got we got this, you know, oh, you're you're afraid. No, yeah. You know, pr appropriate fear is a good thing. Appropriate fear. It's called respect for your opponent and knowing the personnel. And it's like, if you know the personnel, then you knew Detroit was going to be damn good. And you and you knew that Green Bay's talent was legit. Um, I think the Chiefs are gettable. I really do. I think they they're gettable. Are. But I will say this. They, without a doubt, have the best defense that they've ever shown up in a Super Bowl with. And a lot when, of speed. When you got a defense that can play in Patrick Mahomes, that's a problem. Yep. <laughs> that's a problem. To quote our good friend John Dickinson, that's a problem. And uh, and the 49ers got a big problem with the Kansas City Chiefs written all over it. Can they overcome that problem? I certainly hope so. And if they do, it'll be the first time that they've overcome that problem since Kyle Shanahan has been the head coach of the 49ers. He has zero 
track record of success against the Kansas City Chiefs. The next time Kyle beats Andy Reid will be the first. By the way, the Chiefs defense is so good that they held Baltimore to 10 points on the road, and Chris Jones did not register one tackle or one sack. By the way, uh, Smiley Dan has brought up a point here, and Smiley Dan is a member of the initiated. Uh, Bill Vinovich's crew is working the Super Bowl, the same as last San Francisco-Kansas City Super Bowl, so be prepared for no holding calls, which killed the Niners last time. Well, you might be right, Smiley Dan, and as always, stay safe, my friend. Um, I'm looking for Smiley in here. I don't see him. Is it way back? It, yeah, he's down. At the, uh, I don't know. I don't know exactly where it is here. Yeah, it was it was somewhere in the middle. I'm 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 way I'm 20 minutes back in this chat, just glancing at it. But Rockies was says Chris Jones was banged up. He was moving gingerly. He was. He had a That's he he probably a, the best news I've heard in in years. He had a physically taxing game. That guy is just an unbelievable monster. He's like Aaron Donald and Mean Joe Green all rolled into one. Guys like a guys like Reggie White against the Niners. Look, I will say this, though, that one of the matchups that the Niners have going for them pretty much is Bosa versus the most penalized tackle in football. You know, the, the, the Kansas City Chiefs drew an awful lot of uh, false starts penalties, a lot of holding penalties, and hopefully Bill Vinovich is going to be watching them. And if I'm Kyle Shanahan, I'm probably talking about that in every single press conference that I have between now and the Super Bowl. I'm I'm going to go the full-on Phil Jackson. I'm going to put it out in the world and let the world talk about it for a few days. And the world's talking about it will eventually work its way back to this crew. And maybe the crew will throw that holding flag that it might otherwise not have. You know, a couple things on, on Kansas City. One... They lean heavily on Kelsey, and the Niners have a great matchup for Kelsey. Um, they 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 don't. Joe Thune's not hundred percent at left guard. Donovan Smith and Jawan Taylor, the tackles are just ordinary. They really only have one real good receiver. It's Rashi Rice, and he's nowhere close to Amon Ra. And I don't think so. They don't have the weapons that Green Bay had. They don't have the weapons that that uh, Detroit had. They've got Mahomes, who's a very, very great player, uh, Pacheco, and Kelsey. Who, um, who has more postseason catches now than Jerry Rice. Right. And and there's no question Kelsey's a monster. But the Niners should be able to defend Kelsey. Um, what what worries me the most about Kansas City is Legereus Sneed is a dominating corner. He's a free agent at the end of the year. He's having a great year. And then Trent McDuffie is one of the best nickelbacks former first-round pick. And then Nick Bolton, the middle backer, has got great, great speed. Uh, we'll see how he does against McCaffrey. And then Chris Jones and Carl Loftus, the left side of their defensive line. They play games up front. They're really good, uh, those two guys. But the, the Kansas City is a team that definitely, Charles Menehue's dinged up now. Willie Gay's dinged up. Thune's dinged up. Um, they're, you know, they're, they're beatable. They're beatable. the The Niners are going to have their shot to to win this game. I I I mean, Kansas City's a damn good team, and I think the Niners would have had an easier run with Baltimore, despite the fact they lost to Baltimore last time. But um, I, I like the 49ers' chances. I really do. 
again, I'm not, I'm not afraid of Kansas City. Yeah, I, I like the chances. I don't love the chances. Again, if you like, don't think too hard about it. Don't think about it. Don't think about it. But I'm just telling you. So you're telling me I get Patrick Mahomes and the best defense on the field. Like, it's hard to pass that up. It's hard to pass that up. Now, the 49ers are the best offense on the field. Are they the one team out there who should be able to beat Kansas City in a Super Bowl? That's how they've been billed all year. The Niners are a star-driven team. The Niners have nine pro bowlers. So it's not like anybody's sitting there going, "The oh, woe is us, you know, the the poor Niners. Oh, yeah. No, look, even Vegas says that they should win the game, right? If they're the... If they're if they're giving points, but um, it's going to be a hell of a Super Bowl, man. I mean, it's as it's as big of a game as a big game gets. It really is. It's a monster. You got the single greatest individual force in all of football, and Patrick Mahomes going up against what has been billed as the single most talented team in all of football in the 49ers. So some people say it's a terrible matchup. A terrible matchup. Yeah, my son, right before the show started, he's like, Dad, yeah, there's a lot of people saying this is the worst Super Bowl matchup of all time. I'm like, what? Huh? Why? I mean, that, why? You've got the iconic Niners against the greatest quarterback of their era, of this era. Yeah, that's really terrible. Yeah, I, you know, you, you, so, so you're telling me that Titans. The first Rams, one was pretty good. Yeah, Titan, Titans Rams had a hell of a finish to it, but. You know, that was, that wasn't the greatest matchup of all time. There's a lot of people that are bitter, and I heard this a lot last night, that the NFL wants Taylor Swift and this and that. Come on, guys. Come on. Are Again, we really going to go with that? No, the no. NFL wants Taylor Swift. I mean, that talk about something that gets way, way – I mean, and people – I'll say the, the one thing that has got to be the most ridiculous talking point is the people that are like, I'm so tired of Taylor Swift. I watched that game. She was featured for like 15 seconds. What's wrong? I mean, again, yeah, I don't. If you're, you're just, you're just have nothing. You, you don't have, you don't have enough football to talk about and you can't come up with creative topics. So you bemoan the Taylor Swift angle connected to the chiefs when they didn't play it up and make it some ridiculous thing. I mean, I, if they did, I didn't see it. And look, I mean, she seems delightful. She really I mean, who cares? I mean, I, at the end of the day, it's a gigantic who cares. Yeah. But, but I mean, this whole anti Taylor Swift, like there's people that are like mad at the chiefs because of the presence of Taylor Swift. Like, like they can't get her out of the game. Like it's first and 10 and they're just constantly going to shots of Taylor Swift. Come on. What are you talking about? You're literally filibustering on something that, has no impact. I watch their co- the coverage. They don't make her some part of the coverage. I don't. I don't get. It just seems like, hey, let's if you if you're if you're mad at the Chiefs, uh, let's you know let's let's complain about that. It, I don't see the media covering it like it's some. You know, people make it seem like they're just talking about her all the time. They're well, not. It's, it's it's easy to root against the failure of very successful people. And you put the very successful Kansas City Chiefs together with Taylor Swift, who just had about as successful a year in entertainment as any human being has ever had. I mean, she is packing them in by the millions, making billions. Uh, she is an industry unto herself. 
of course, the NFL is very happy to feature about one of the most famous people in the world being a fan of what they do. But I don't hear anyone getting upset about like, you know, when when the Kansas City Royals were in the World Series, it felt like there was a cutaway to um, Paul Rudd every 15 minutes or the guy who was in uh, Mad Men. You know, every, every few minutes, there's a cutaway to one of those guys. I didn't hear anyone complaining about that. Why does she, why, again, who cares? Look, look at it this way. If you got to put your camera somewhere in between plays, put it on the pretty girl who seems really nice, who's totally <laughs> yeah. into the game. Right, I, I'm right. less offended by that than freaking looking at Jerry Jones sitting in his box. By the way, by the way, back on back to football for a second. Another thing that made um, Dan Campbell just a total jackass yesterday: the 49ers this year on third down and fourth down, or on the goal line with like one or two yards to go. This season, they're allowing a seventy-nine percent conversion rate against them on these runs. When you're when you're going. When you're going for um, short yardage against the Niner D right now, so third and short, fourth and short, or on the goal line with uh, from the one or the two, mm-hmm. they're allowing a conversion rate this year of this year or the season, seventy nine percent, and freaking Dan Campbell went for a Badgley field goal on fourth and goal from the two, again instead, Dan of, handing it, instead of handing it to David Montgomery. Against a defense that can't stop short yardage run to save their life. The one time where Campbell kicked the field goal is the one time he should have gone for the kill shot touchdown. And the other two times he went for it, he should have taken the field goal. Dan Dan Campbell has got, I think. John Harbaugh, look, look at John Harbaugh in that game against the Ravens, Damon. Ravens got a lead on the Niners. John Harbaugh could have stepped on their throat in a couple situations in the second half, but you know what? He took the for sure field goal, added points and won the game. I just think that that Dan Campbell better become a better coach based on the lesson that he learned. And he needs to learn like all coaches and managers need to learn that the way you go about it in the regular season can't just be the way you go about it in the postseason. You have to change it up a little and analytics which, again, it feels like the sample size over, you know, 162 major league games, maybe this math will work itself out at the end. But in a short series, and there's no shorter series than this is one game right here, Dan Campbell should have not been playing the scoreboard. He should have been playing the possessions game. Yeah. And the Niners were running out of football game and possessions dramatically enough to where I would have made it a three-possession game Again, even though it wasn't a three possession game where you need multiple touchdowns to get back into it, but you still need three possessions. And again, I really like Dan Campbell, but he screwed that up. He he wasn't very experienced. He didn't fumble the ball. Gibbs did. Yeah. He didn't have experience too. He didn't have two drops. Reynolds did huge drops. Yeah. He didn't have an interception thrown into his face mask, doesn't catch it, and then Brandon Ayuk off the ricochet does. You know, players got to make plays. Like, yeah. I, I was hearing about how Steve Wilkes needs to be fired at halftime. What did Steve Wilkes do wrong? 
You say he sat in zone too much. He didn't. He didn't make that switch right away. I, okay, okay. But to me, players got to play. You know, it's it's not Steve Wilkes's job to make sure Javon Hargrave isn't getting manhandled out there. That's Javon Hargrave's job. No doubt, it's Javon Kinlaw's job. You know, he's not missing any tackles. By the way, the only injury concern, and you really don't need to be injured because Dre Greenlaw is like Frankenstein. He just keeps coming. I don't care how hurt he looks. On any, I thought he dislocated his shoulder, Larry. He came I, off that field. That didn't read. I thought he was concussed. Language, yeah, that body language didn't read, this is a stinger. That body language read, my shoulder's dislocated. And, of course, he's back out of that blue medical tent looking at the freaking you know, Microsoft Surface tablet going right back into the game as quickly as he can. The guy's an absolute warrior, and he hit Laporta <laughs> like as hard as you're allowed to hit a player without getting a penalty. Oh, my God. Did he Drake, Drake Greenlaw is a warrior. He is an absolute warrior. And and by the way, you know, how about Jawan Jennings got popped, went into the concussion protocol. I'm like, this guy's, you know, he just had a concussion a couple weeks ago that kept him out for a, three games or whatever. And I thought, oh, wow, that's going to be real serious. And Juwan's been cleared. It's like, you know, I don't know. Sometimes I just kind of wonder exactly about how that thing works, uh, the concussion protocol. But you know what? The the biggest task in this next round is going to be stopping Travis Kelsey. Did you see Travis Kelsey in these playoffs has caught 16 of his 17 targets for 191 yards and three touchdowns. So if the Niners can shut down Kelsey in the red zone, they're going to have a great chance to beat beat uh, Mahomes, and they have the one guy to do it and here's the thing I, if i if i am steve wilkes if i'm kyle shanahan i give steve wilkes full permission to sell out on on defending kelsey why he isn't bracketed more why he isn't double teamed the entire game long at times i don't know like if you lose the super bowl because these other guys have big days fine don't lose the super bowl because travis kelsey's putting it up your ass don't you don't do that. You can you can lose another way. Don't lose that way. Exactly. Exactly. By the way, and the Chiefs are the underdog you said in the Super Bowl. Underdogs are exactly 500 since 2001 in the Super Bowl. 11 and 11. 15 and 7 against the spread, 11 and 11 outright underdogs. So it's it's going to be a it's going to be a ball game for sure. Um, and the, I thought the last one was pretty damn good. I expect this one to be pretty damn good. Um, but you know, you never, the other thing about it is when you watch this 49er team and you saw the way that they played this year, you, I, you get the feeling like one, um, they're going to be better on faster surfaces and two that they haven't really in these playoffs played a good game yet. No. And if they do play a good game in the Super Bowl, that could be, you know, they're due. I mean, they're due for a really good performance. Right. You always and, say they, you know, I expect the Niners to come out and fire. They haven't fired yet. Well, no. we talked about it a little bit on your on, on the bonus post game when I hopped on with you and the gang last night. If I am if if I'm Kyle Shanahan and Andy Reid wins the toss and defers, I think I'm good with that because I want the ball right away. I want to set the tone in this game by trying to score on an opening drive. I, I don't think the Niners want to be playing catch up with the Kansas City Chiefs. I would take the ball first if I'm Kyle, just to change it up, just to change the feel of the game. Um, he loves his deferring. 
He does. And look, he's got a formula that wins more often than not. And you you shouldn't go changing who you are in the postseason. But at the same time, like we just said about Dan Campbell, you cannot go about business in the postseason the same way you go about it in the regular season. Sometimes you got to do something left-handed. And that would be a left-handed decision from Kyle. By the way, Steve says, uh, Steve Cass says, that take by Damon is pure bunk on the so-called almost interception. That was flagged for pass interference. The refs clearly stated uh, since Brandon Ayu caught the pass, uh, it's not a foul. Well, again, that's the thing. They they picked that flag up. Yeah, they picked that flag up. They picked that flag up. That was not a flag that was declined. They right. picked that flag up. They, so. they basically said there was no flag, even though there was a flag. Right. So that's the thing. So it wasn't pass interference. Right. Right. So, you know. By the way, um, you know, here's the other thing that is a great part of football. For all the precision for all the you know people speaking in certainties about everything a lot of it still comes down to just the bounce of the ball i mean what did brock purdy do on that deep ball to ayuk he just took a shot right come on that's not a handoff that's not a slant to an open receiver that's, that's a, a 50 ball that, that's a 50 50 ball and it's brock saying to, to brandon ayuk like I remember talking to um, the great David Archer on a road trip when we were in the Canadian League about the relationship that quarterbacks have with their wide receivers. And one of the things that I, I kept hitting on is that when Dave would talk about receivers that he liked, okay, he would use this phrase, and he would say, blankety-blank will go get it for you. Oh, man, I love playing with him. He'll go get it for you. He'll go get it for you. In other words, I'm going to put the put out a 50-50 ball, and our success or failure is going to be predicated on like the competitive fire and of the receiver and how much they will sell out with the sole purpose of making the play. And you know what? Man, he put that out there for Brandon Ayuk, but they just took a shot there, and he put that thing down the field with great accuracy, really. And then Ayuk made a play on the ball and made an incredible catch. Look, the, big, the biggest, it's, it's, play it was, though? it was probably the play of the game offensively. The biggest, that was the luckiest play of the game offensively was the pass that Purdy should not have thrown to Jennings, who should not have caught that one handed catch, but he did it. I mean, that's breaking every Cardinal rule of the quarterback, throwing a gr across your body against Into the a crowd. Yeah. Oh, dude. I mean, that was disaster waiting to happen. Right. You like really make a play, make a play, make a play. Right. Don't shoot it. Don't shoot it. Don't shoot it. Oh, great shot. <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. Well, and then, and then once again, it's the same thing that I'm talking about, though. It's that relationship that, you know, Brock's receivers and Brock have that, you know, is not developed in a minute i mean that why did jordan love had the kind of year that he had this year because he spent the first part of the year saying hi i'm jordan love oh hi i'm jaden reed hi i'm bo melton good to meet you and by the end of the year they're like all on the same page and you're like oh wow you know he's got a ton of weapons yeah because it took time to kind of get on the same page you you have to have practice reps and game reps and dialogue and where do you like this and Get used to, oh, I noticed that Juwan out of his breaks, you know, will cut it up field a little bit. So I let him a little bit more. 
Well, how did you know that? It's all based on reps and practice and running routes and talking to Juwan or Debo or Ayuk about how they, where they like the ball. Hey, if you're going to miss with me, miss low, you know, whatever. And there's that communication. Um, and so it's like you, Brock is much more in lockstep. But I thought just taking that shot down the field, being, I mean, that to me, you know, it's hilarious. People called him the dink and dunk. Because this guy is the opposite of that. This guy will literally drive the ball down the field and just take a shot. And, uh, I mean, that easily could have been picked. Instead, Ayuk makes an amazing play on it. They score a couple plays later. It swung the game. Continuity is the biggest missing ingredient in football. And Brock has done a great job in an offseason where he didn't you know, even have a chance to throw the ball because of his elbow surgery, maintaining a continuity with his guys, whether that was done with film study together or just talking to each other, getting to know each other. But they came out of training camp on the same page, Brock Purdy and Brandon Ayuk did. And while other people were just counting interceptions and incompletions, I remember you every day at training camp just saying, Brandon Ayuk is about to have a year. And he did. He certainly did. And because of that year that he had and a play that he made in the biggest game of the year where not much was going right, the 49ers are in the Super Bowl for the eighth time in their franchise's history. And you don't want to lose three in a row here. You don't hey, want to lose three in a row then 0-3. Oh how about this? This was my son dug up this stat. <clears throat> Guess how many red zone targets Brandon Ayuk had for the season? coming into yesterday it's probably a low number because it felt like most of his damage came in between the 20s than it did really from the 20s and in and when he did go in it was with like a big play so red zone targets i'm just how about a nice number like 10 10 four Ooh, okay i mean four, i knew it was a low four red zone targets for Ayuk on the season I mean, come on, this guy, this guy could have had a much bigger year than the year that he had statistically. Well, again, you know, year. is, is he not getting targeted because he's not doing his job or is he not getting targeted because every time you look up, there's Christian McCaffrey already in the end zone, the drives over. Well, and also he's not getting targeted because they're scoring from outside the red zone. Right. With bigger plays. So it's not all negative, but still four. I mean, I asked O'Neill about that yesterday, and he said thir- he gave he gave me thirty four. He's like thirty four. I'm like four. Couldn't believe it. He's like absolutely could not believe that. Um, but it's it's you know, it's the way it shook out this year. Yeah, I mean, it's just it was an incredible it was an incredible day yesterday. I mean, sitting there watching that, and I said to myself right before the kickoff, I'm like, you know what? I I just want this game. I'm I'd be fine with the Niners in a, just a full route. You know what I mean? I would be fine if they just beat uh, Detroit by like three touchdowns and there was never any pressure uh, after the week that we experienced the week before against Green Bay. I was like, you know what? I'm I'm cool with an easy win. You know, hopefully it'll be a real easy win. And then all of a sudden you look up and it's oh my god, they're, they're this thing's over almost at halftime. And and you're sitting there at halftime going, it's twenty four to seven. Do they even have a shot at all? I really didn't think they had a shot. Not because it was twenty four seven, but just because their defense didn't show any ability to stop anything Detroit was doing. 
and, so, and to me, I was like, there's no way. There's just no way they're gonna there's no way they're gonna win this game. No way. You know, I had Paulie Mack on. Paulie Mack sprinkled some particles. Maybe that's helping the Niners here. They need them, right? Because when that first quarter was over, the lines were up 14 to nothing. In an ominous sign, Brock Purdy had two passes batted down at the line of scrimmage. In every game that he's played poorly in, that has occurred. So I thought, "Uh uh-oh, bad start there. Then you had Moody missing that first field goal, which made everybody in the stadium just grip. Instead of 7-3, to it's still 7 to nothing. Detroit completely established dominance on both sides of that line of scrimmage. They were getting every third down, Damon, no matter how long it was. They gained 137 offensive yards and rushed for 86 yards in the first quarter 10.8 yards per rush wow and then at the end of the first half it's 24 7 lions who would outgain the niners 280 to 131 yards detroit was running it for seven yards a pop i mean every single indication that you're about to lose today was pretty much put in front of the 49ers two to one time of possession advantage pretty much for detroit Jamison Williams had already gotten into the end zone. I mean, it was just, you know, it was unbelievable. Detroit, uh, Malcolm Rodriguez had a pick. Niners had missed a field goal. Detroit was averaging seven yards a carry. Niners were averaging 2.9 yards a carry. It was, and and then again, you're like, well, it wasn't really a good day for Christian McCaffrey. You open up the box score. Yeah, it was. He had a really good game after all. Um, it, it, it look We're only 2.9 yards per carry in the first half yeah for cmc it's uh it ain't it ain't how you start it's how you finish and what a finish the 49ers put in front of everybody in the world last night detroit absolutely gagged one away the the niners need to apologize to no one for winning the way that they went about winning and they haven't even played well in this postseason and they're in the super bowl so this is this is all good news as far as I'm concerned. And I think everyone has got to spend at least a day or two basking in what just happened before you turn your full attention to the Super Bowl and the Kansas City Chiefs. Appreciate what you just saw. You saw one of the single greatest eight-minute postseason stretches any team has ever had. The, that 49er third quarter, again, if we needed to name the IU catch, that eight-minute stretch needs its own little nickname or some reference point that we keep on going back to when we talk about this, when we're old men sitting in our rocking chairs, wearing our Depends diapers, drinking Metamucil milkshakes one day. You know, I mean, like, I I will remember. I will remember that third quarter forever. I mean, it's up there with one of the biggest, I can't believe this is unfolding like this, things i've seen since covering bay area sports it was it was amazing it was amazing and congratulations to the niners who again had a mandate and it was a big big ask all we're asking is that you go to the super bowl this year no excuses <laughs> that's a right. lot to ask of a football team i don't care how loaded to bear and set up you think they are to do something special to make it through the meat grinder of the regular season and then the postseason uh, it's Mission accomplished for Kyle Shanahan and company. And even with that, if they lose the Super Bowl, everyone will call them fucking losers and they don't know how to win the big one. Kyle can't <laughs> win anything. And he's already won more. You know, he's, he's he guys won eight playoff games now as a 49ers head coach. Eight it's amazing. And, and, and if you had said to anybody at halftime, yeah, you're down 24 7 and you're getting dominated. 
But guess what? You're on the verge of going and scoring 27 points unanswered. (laughs) You know, you'd be like, no way, no way. And that's what we saw. Right. That's not the way it's going to go down. Like that it, was amazing. They're not going to win it like that. No, they won it like that. They really greedy, greedy Greg. This clown Ryan Clark is now giving Lamar the benefit of the doubt and saying he should have played the same way Purdy did last night. Love it. He's eating his words. So at the NFL awards, what Thursday in Las Vegas, Lamar is going to get up and get his MVP and Purdy's not even at the awards because he's in his playbook getting ready for the Super Bowl. Perfect. Perfect. Krug, I'm going to need you to ask Clark in Vegas if he feels like a dumbass for those remarks. Second thought, don't, because he might go ballistic. I mean, I guess my question would be, at what point did you just do what the producer told you to do? At what, I mean, you basically said you do not think for yourself. You're doing out loud thinking for someone else. And now you'd publicly like to come around and say, I've only been pretending he's good. So you either did know what you were talking about and lied or don't know what you're talking about. That's the fork in the road. That's Ryan Clark lives at the end of either one of these streets was lying or doesn't understand it in the first place. And either way, good luck with that. Well, my bigger issue wasn't with that comment. It was the one where he's like, the rest of the NFL should be glad that the 49ers don't have Jordan, love, Jordan love as quarterback. It's like, are you what are you what are you saying? I mean, are you saying that the entire purpose of the NFL season is to make sure that anybody but the Niners wins? I mean, what what where's that comment coming from? It's like, or are you trying to say that Jordan Love would be the final piece to the puzzle, and you're basically making it seem like the Niners are are Trent are the the two thousand Ravens with Trent Dilfer? So if only I mean, the Brock Purdy is 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 a reason the Niners win. He's not. He's not Trent Dilfer. He's not like, oh, Christ, Dilfer blew it, and we had this awesome team, and Dilfer, Dil- he's not Dilfer. Stop comparing Brock Purdy to Dilfer. Dilfer is, it was a borderline starting NFL quarterback. Brock Purdy is a, is, a, is a borderline MVP of the league. It's not the same. No, <laughs> it, it isn't. It isn't the same. It's look, the guy, it takes no effort at all to underestimate Brock Purdy, but do so at your own peril. And teams find that out all the time. Yeah, I did just, it's again, people get attention by crapping on the Niners. It's a cottage industry unto itself. So they would never do that if it was the New York Giants. If Brock Purdy were a New York Giant, you would hate him by now. Oh, that story would have been rammed down your throat and how great of a story. Look at it. They were about to tell us that that DeVito jackass was awesome. Tommy Cutlets. Tommy Cutlets was the greatest quarterback (laughs) the Giants have had ever for a minute there since Eli Manning. I mean, it was DeVito, DeVito, DeVito. Oh, Purdy. Purdy's 21 and five. Look at what we got out of one month of Lynn's sanity. Imagine if Steph Curry had been a Nick. Holy shit. You'd hate Steph Curry with every ounce of your body if that were true. Yeah, that's true. We'd be so force fed Steph. But yeah, it is amazing, though, that there seems to be what's. Why would you go rip Brock Purdy? What has he done? The guy was the last pick in the draft. He's a super nice, friendly guy to the media. Gives you really well thought out answers. He's beloved by his teammates. 
Um, he's an underrated athlete with movement ability. He's kind, he's gutty as hell. He's a super competitor. What's not to like, and not to mention they compare him to Mahomes and Allen. He, what about the, all the quarterbacks that were drafted in front of him in his draft? He really should be compared to Matt Corral and Desmond Ritter. And, you know, right. Those are the guys that he came in with that were taken in front of him. Can he pick it? I mean, he's. If you said, hey, Brock Purdy, is he better than Kenny Pickett? Is he better than Matt Corral? Is he better than Desmond Ritter? You'd say, hell yeah. But instead, and he's, he should be this incredible, great story, celebrated league-wide. Instead, he ain't Mahomes. I'm, em- I'm embarrassed. I had, to, I had to include him in a conversation with Lamar. Well, Lamar's at home now and didn't play particularly well. And uh, Purdy's in the Super Bowl. And he's been in the NFC Championship game in the Super Bowl now in his first two years in the league. And you're going to crap wins, on this guy? You're going to find faults with this guy? I mean, come he on, He wins man. the Super Bowl. He will have won more playoff games in the first two years of his career than anyone who has ever lived but Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. That's what a pretty are, good place to start. What are we ripping? I mean, that's the thing. They're evaluating Brock Purdy as if he's in year 12 here. And it's not going to get any better than this. <laughs> right. Well, how about, how about the, the true jackass take of the offseason was – from the Lance crowd of Purdy's not going to get any better. He's topped out. And I remember asking him in May at the mini camp. I'm like, Brock, how would you, where are you now compared to last year at this time? And he was like, and that, and, and he was like, Oh my God, it's night and day last year at this time, man, there was so many, so much verbiage in these Shanahan plays. So many things for me to memorize that I literally walked to the line of scrimmage, just trying to remember it all. Now I've run these plays. I've, 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 I'm in lockstep with my receivers. I understand nuances of each one of these plays, and it's night and day in my development in this offense compared to where it was a year ago, and which was the of course answer. But nobody saw that. All of a sudden, it was just like, ah, uh, he's topped out. He's not going to. Brock's not going to get any better, and that's why we need to go with Trey because Brock's topped out, and Trey's going to get nothing but better. And then it's like, well, wait a second. Why is he topped out? Because you want him to be topped out? He's 23. What 23-year-old quarterback doesn't have an ability to get better? I mean, it was just, it was such idiocy. I don't even know where to start. Look, there's, again, there's not a lot of thought being put into this analysis that we agree isn't worth the time of day that it's really getting. What I don't, like, what I just don't understand either is, you know, Well, the NFL is lucky that the 49ers don't have Jordan Love. So you're telling me that if we replaced Brock Purdy with a quarterback who is statistically inferior, that that would make them better? So the guy who threw the two picks really good year. A really good loss is is better than the guy who threw no picks and won. I gotcha. At this point, point you're Sean O'Hara saying that you'd rather have Jared Allen over Patrick Mahomes. Like Okay, you, you you do realize this is being telecast. Like people can hear you right now. <laughs> Nick Chase is if they win the Super Bowl, I want Purdy to say, uh, if you don't like me, fuck off. Just one time. Just once, Brock. Go in on the go in on the media. Um, you know what? I I he's not he's too classy to do that. I do that, but he's too classy to do that. We do that. Not Brock. Somebody says uh, Nick Chase says take a shot every time Larry says lockstep. Lockstep. Is that is that your is that is that your uh, 
your verbal crutch? Do you say lie? I haven't noticed it. I mean, I do more broadcasting <laughs> with you than anybody, and I haven't noticed that you are an abuser of the word lockstep. I so used it a lot when I, I used to joke that I, I was in lockstep with um, uh, the agent for Pablo Sandoval. I forget exactly what his name was, but Javier Vasquez or something like that. I'm in lockstep with Javier Vasquez. I forget exactly what the, the context was, but it was a little radio bit back in the day. But yeah, Sorry, lockstep. I I, I I wrote down one word, put it in an envelope. It was lockstep. You're staying. You're saying it to me. By the way, have you? You know, it's not. There's a plan for all of our draft picks, Lowry. And yeah, Aiden Hutchinson looks pretty good. But I'll tell you, there was a plan for the development of Trayvon Walker, and it wasn't that it was a bad pick by me. Uh, even though Hutchinson's clearly dominant and Walker's kind of just a guy. But, you know, it's yeah. about the defensive coaches, and we got to fulfill that, uh, you know, and we got to see more of that. That's why I'm still here, and yet all of them have been fired. This is why, this is, by the way, have you already seen the uh, Trent doing the Are You at Odds with Doug Peterson press conference? That's already happened. So Shangri-La could be ending in. in and he uh, calls him coach. He, I, he does that. He called Harbaugh coach, and he calls coach. this guy coach. You know, me and Coach have a good thing going. Uh, I know a lot of you guys don't see the magic that Coach and I have. You should see us when we're sitting around a dinner table. I'd rather not describe the contents of. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It was a hell of a game. Niners fans, enjoy this week. You are in the Super Bowl. You're in the Super Bowl. It's, It's so fantastic to be in a super bowl i've seen i've seen the chicago bears go to two in my life one was an awful lot of fun the other was not the other was in the rain yes um you know it's is rex rex grossman you guys went to a super bowl with rex grossman is it better to have loved and lost or never love at all was it is it better to go to a super bowl with rex grossman or not go at all i would choose not go at all and instead of well that's actually a good question would you rather lose and not ha- not lose in the Super Bowl, or would you rather go and and lose in the ultimate game? The uh, Niners were four and zero. They should have been five and zero going into that Miami Super Bowl against Kansas City, and they had a ten point lead against Kansas City. They should the, the Niners could right now um, be five and zero in Super Bowls. They are five and zero in Super Bowls. I mean, no, no, they're five and two. Oh yeah! Oh five and yes, yes, yes. Oh so so in the they could have been seven and zero. Hoosiers get to the championship game; they're going to win it, and then they lose to Maryland. So it's not you know that that blemish on the perfect in the championship round record hurt a little. Look at it this way: having lost two Super Bowls in a row, I give you my professional advice: don't make it three in a row. Don't make it three in a row. The quest for that. Here's the thing: you know. In all the years, they gotta get this one. This is the one they gotta get. But we've heard some about quest for six hashtag quest for six quest for six. It feels like they put that away. They put that away a little bit, and now if you get the six, just celebrate it. But the, I mean, you're four quarters away from another Lombardi Trophy. Go get it. Go get it. It's good. It's good for the city. It's good for a whole bunch of people. What getting on Bart and coming to downtown San Francisco if there's a parade that goes up Market Street. It's good for. 
our channels, Larry, I mean, in, in classic Ray Ratto fashion, if you're going to root for anyone, root for yourself. And it is in our best interest that the 49ers win this Super Bowl. And look, they could go do it. But boy, do they have a hell of an opponent in their way. One of the greatest individual immovable objects in football history is Patrick Mahomes. What, he, gets, he gets sacked for the first time in like. Oh, he's amazing. He's amazing. Yeah. The guy's got a great arm. He's got mobility. He's competitive as hell. He's got a great play caller. He's got a great defense. I mean, he's special. He's, special. he's, he's, he's him. He's him. Um, I, I will say this. Maybe the most enjoyable week looking back on my career was the week that we spent in New Orleans. And even though the Niners lost and it made that very bitter at the end, um, and I couldn't wait to get out of New Orleans. I mean, I, seriously, the difference between the New Orleans airport and SFO is like the difference between, you know, uh, limousine service and a Greyhound bus. You know, the uh, the outhouse and the penthouse. I mean, seriously, in that, I don't know if it was just because it was that corridor of the New Orleans airport, but you remember that morning, people sitting on the ground, tw lines for the bathroom that were like 45 people long. All kinds of, I mean, just ridiculous overcrowding in their overcrowded airport. You get to SFO, there's like gigantic bathrooms with like 70 stalls, nobody in them, mid-morning. You know what I mean? It was like unbelievable. SFO was just like a ghost town compared to the New Orleans airport. But, um, you know, I digress. But oh, I, I, I was just saying that you, they they got to get this one done. Uh, to me, this was, that was the most enjoyable week just hanging out in new Orleans and partying. And I, I am dedicated and committed to partying more this week in Vegas and doing more and crazier stuff and better stuff and more content. We are going to put out so much content on the Krug show. Almost everybody that I collab with, I'll be, I'll be doing stuff with in Vegas. Damon and I will be staying, um, and doing all kinds of shows every morning, uh, partying at all hours of the night. I've got all kinds of party contacts. Uh, we're, we're, it's going to be incredible. We are going to, we're going to bring you some of the most amazing content, uh, that you've ever seen this so week stay, in New Orleans. So stay in lockstep with us. Be in lockstep. <laughs> be in lockstep. Be in lockstep. Be in lockstep. And, and, and you know what? The people that want to talk about lockstep, I'll drink a shot with you in Vegas. The lockstep monster. Yes. And and my good friend, Sean Cunningham, I was told John Dickinson said that Cunningham is dialed in on every Super Bowl party there is in Vegas. And he's a good friend of mine. So we will we will be all over every major party with all kinds of video. You got to remember that the phone has become the traveling uh, television studio and we will bring you. We will be charged and ready and bring you ridiculous amounts of killer content. Or it'll be the two of us doing shots at Circus Circus. Tune and even the then, that will be great content. <laughs> Larry, it's been a hell of a year, and the year, thank goodness, it ain't over. So let's go to Super Bowl. Let's go to Las Vegas. We're going to Vegas, baby. Vegas. Go to Vegas. Thanks so much. Road trip. I'm bringing Kev. I'm Why pulling him out of school. I told. I, I told. Cal Paul, he's taking a final early, Damon, to get out to Vegas. I told Kevin. He said, "Damon, I got. I got. I got a uh, final on Wednesday." I'm like, "Skip it and flunk out." It's the Super Bowl. Who gives a shit? Get expelled. Come to the Super Bowl. Good advice from Uncle Damon.
yeah, you're going to make more money on YouTube anyway, kid, than this construction management thing you're doing. So just, you know, just don't worry about that and just bail out of school. We're going to opening day. It's that kind of a day, that kind of a week. We're going to have such a big, we're going to, we're going to shots, all kinds of, uh, you name it. We're going to every major party. We're filming it. We're going to interview celebs. Um, it's going to be an epic week. Drinking, debauchery, the whole thing. There you go. Drinking and debauchery are two major sponsors. For all Think about it this way. Sponsors. We went off the chain when we had bosses and rules. Now we have no bosses and no rules, and we're in Vegas. It's going to be good. Good, You know, as Steve P. would say, Damon. Oh, wait, hold on. I can do that. Pound it, pound it, pound it, pound it. And indeed. Oy, oy, oy! And we have all reached. Maximum! And can we have some Dan Campbell? Come on, Dees. Dees nuts. Yeah, he's holding them this morning. He really is. How about you? You have one ass cheek and three toes. I will beat your ass. <laughs> Last <laughs> night. Play that one again. Doesn't matter if you have one ass cheek and three toes, I will beat your ass. Last night, the great Ryan Smith on our post game show said, I'm not sure how to respond to that. Is that Dan Campbell saying that he's going to physically attack uh, people that have special needs? Right. Is he just going after <laughs> cripples? What's he doing? I mean, what's going on there? Oh, man. Dan Campbell. Hey, you know what? We talked about the experience factor and uh, all week long. When it came down to talking about the coach, the coaching breakdown, all anybody wanted to talk about was that Dan Campbell was ballsy as hell for going for it and that Shanahan can't manage a game. And then here we get into the actual game and Dan Campbell gacks all over himself. And and will anybody talk about it now? I mean, really, last night was a big, big Niner comeback aided by Dan Campbell's inexperience. You know what you're about to find out and see today over the next handful of days, paying attention to the national media, you're going to see that there is no there there, either buoying up or ripping apart Detroit. Not enough people care one way or another for it to be a topic that you stay on for too long. But the 49ers, oh, that's a firebrand. You can burn down the whole forest talking about them. So people will. Um, it's going to be a hell of a run, man. It's going to be a hell of a run. Larry, I got to get ready for my 11 o'clock show. Uh, it is going to be a good one. And I'm going to tell you that Nick Wright has told me he is coming on the Palouse this week. And now that we got uh, Mahomes versus Purdy, it's going to be the right week to get him on. Uh, lots of great guests. And again, it's only going to get better when we get to Las Vegas. Thanks for everything, brother. In this first year for me over here on YouTube, eclipsing over 16,000 subscribers with an awful lot of your help, an awful lot of your audience has found me through you, and I appreciate everyone. And I know I've pissed some of you off along the way, but that's what I do. And hopefully that's why you're going to be back, because we're not just going to feed you the things that you want to hear. We might piss you off telling you a few things you need to hear and that'll make everybody a good fan. So You know, Damon you. does a decent show. He asks, you know, he'll ask a tough question, Lowry. There's no question. Damon will ask me a, a tough question. He asked me about Thanksgiving side dishes a couple years ago on 95.7, the game out there in, in uh, San Fran. Uh, I'll tell you that, Lowry. But you know what? At his core, 
you know, Damon Bruce is a real, the way I'm a real football guy, you know, Damon's a real radio man. You know, you know what I mean, Lowry? You know, hey, there's, there's one thing that is missing in Las Vegas, <laughs> and that's in the Michis. I don't know where I'm going to go get a nice cup of minestrone should the 49ers get this done. Uh, will I have any wings in order to enjoy, again, the, the Atomic? The <laughs> I told Peter, you got to be in Vegas. I mean, you could be across from the ballpark, but come on. Downtown San Francisco's dirty. It's expensive. I told him, no, you can't just be on Union Street. You got to be everywhere. You got to be in Vegas. Ike's in Vegas. Why aren't you in Vegas? I told Tom, I told Tate, we should be in Vegas. I mean, she with the bird crust is in perfect spot. It's flat pizza, but it's good. Who will send more hosts to Las Vegas? A station that claims to be the biggest sports station in town or wake up with Damon and Larry? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> who will get more views who, who will get more views in vegas i'm i'm putting up a million views who this will week. cover the super bowl better two stations <laughs> backed by million dollar companies filing for bankruptcy or the two of us on a per diem that we're, we're uh, basically it's us who's paying for your trip to vegas well we are what are you going to do there we're going to do better than most radio stations. That's what I know for sure. So join us. Like we have sponsors that are paying us to go to Vegas. We have, uh, we're going to have over a million views of our content in Vegas. Um, and we're doing it all for, uh, for you, for you. I will go into nightclubs. I will go into bars, sports books, but fancy hotels. Audience. You'd rather I'm not, not doing it for myself. The audience. I'm not doing it for me. I'm doing it for you. I'm doing it for you. I've always heard you're a generous lover, Larry. So I, you know, come on. I'm doing it. I'm doing it for you guys. I, you think I want to go to these clubs? You think I want to hang out on the strip and gamble and and party and throw back shots and do high fives and with Niner fans and you know photo ops and all. You think I want to do that? No, I don't want to do that. No. That's a good question, though. Which doing state, it for you? One or the other that claim the most. Here's the thing. Forget about claiming the most. Go start counting them on YouTube right now and tell me who's got the most. Ta-da. Over hey, 1,100 hey. people in the in the room right now, two and a half hours in. We got to wrap uh, it up, baby. That's, you know. Yeah, I would say <laughs> I don't like to laugh at anybody, but you know, at the same time, uh, angels fly because they take themselves lightly. <laughs> Damon thought he was going to be the next me. Now he's a YouTube star. Look at him. He didn't get me, Damon. <laughs> I, I told you there's only one Ralph Roo. Only one Ralph Roo. You'll never have the Miata that I had. You're not going to your Bay Area Radio Hall of Fame. You'll just walk by it in the airport one day. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we better bolt for the door because it's Monday. I got to review the film, and then I got to talk to Coach about Trayvon Walker and why I took him over Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, you guys are idiots. I'm smart. You guys are all fired. I got an extension. Uh, go Jags. And I, I hope to see you, Lowry, Damon, uh, in New Orleans. I'll be there accepting an award for Mediocre GM of the Year. Uh, and I really do appreciate all you guys hanging on the Krug Show and the Ploos. Uh, I never miss a Ploos. 
I wrote it down. I wrote it down in an envelope tomorrow. Tune into the Palouse, everybody, and go Niners. Yeah, never met a man I've been scared of. Careful, you won't get exactly what you asked for.